My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. An Erio's original. And welcome to Web Crawlers, the podcast where we do a deep dive into some of our favorite mysteries. Each week, we will introduce our topic, lay out our research and findings, reveal some conspiracy theories, and conclude with our own hypothesis. I'm Allie Siegel. I'm Melissa Stettin. And I, producer Maria. No, Maria's, <laughs> she died, unfortunately. Yeah, I'm so yeah, sorry. Right. Rest in peace. Uh, Melissa, who are our patrons for today? We have Jennifer and Rachel. Jennifer and Rachel, welcome to the team. We Ding sound dong. effects. We, yeah, we are excited <laughs> to have you. Melissa, what is our episode on today? Well, today, as you re- if you remember last episode, yes. we were talking about Jennifer Jason Lee. Yes, and how she might be the devil. How she might be the devil because <laughs> her dad is Vic Morrow who died in the Twilight Zone movie crash, which is what we're talking about today. So that was very strange. Yes, because Jennifer Jason Lee has the same birthday as the Antichrist that right. Nostradamus predicted. And Jennifer Jason Lee's dad is who our episode is on today, oddly enough. An unplanned, <laughs> just a weird coincidence. Weird coincidence. So yes. this episode was suggested by none other than Dan Tana. Always. Oh, all roads lead to Dan Tana. Coming in hot. <laughs> so The Twilight Zone, the TV show, is one of my favorite shows. I love so it. So for those of you who may not have seen The Twilight Zone, it was back in like the 50s and the 60s. So like, I'm sure a lot of you haven't seen it. But 
1959, this TV writer guy and hot as hell, Rod Serling. So hot. Created the Twilight Zone. I'll ask before we get into it. Do you have a favorite episode? Oh, yes. What is it? It's called Walking Distance. Which one is that? It's the one where this guy goes on a drive to clear his head. He stops uh-huh. at a gas station. He goes on a walk. And then he uh-huh. walks, like, takes 20 minutes to walk. And he walks into, like, a town that looks eerily similar to where he grew up. And he's like, oh, weird. This is, like, where I grew up. And, like, it's the same, like, soda fountain store. And, like, everything's the same. Weird. And he's, like, living in this, like, nostalgia. And he's like, oh, it's so nice to be back home. And he, like, tries to talk to his parents. But everyone thinks he's crazy. They're like, get out of here. And he tries to talk to his younger self. And everyone's like, get out of here. Get out of here. Oh, my God. And it's about, like, how everyone, like, kind of wishes that they could go back to their childhood. But, like. And it's not what you think it is. It's not attainable. It's pretty sad. Yeah, mine is number 12 looks just like you. That's the the it, the, the one where everyone well everyone has plastic surgery to look exactly alike yes. and one one girl doesn't want to get the plastic surgery Who's and like she's like beautiful. Oh. Yeah, she's already beautiful but everyone wants to get plastic surgery to look the same and like uh, these pig monsters. Yes, and it's very reminiscent of everything or it's kind of like foreshadowing what's going on today with like the kardashians yes everyone looks like the same instagram filter this show Um, is way ahead of its time way ahead of its time yeah it's an incredible show so if you have a favorite episode please let us know but anyways please continue 50 episodes but yeah they do it's like an anthology series about controversial subjects and social issues they do a marathon new year's day on the sci-fi channel Mm-hmm. Martin thinks I'm crazy because I'm like, we got to watch the marathon. He's like, you know, you could stream the episodes at any yeah. time. I'm like, it's not the same. It's a fun tradition. My family does it, too. Yeah. We would always watch the marathon. Yeah. Um, and so Rod Serling was like constantly at odds with the network because they thought the show was like too dark and weird. Oh, so what he did was he masked them as like science fiction and supernatural stories because like mm. the best horror and science fiction are the ones that are like about real life anyway totally yeah people are crazy so that's how he got away with 156 episodes and it was so successful they turned it into a movie which is what we're going to talk about today movies not as good (laughs) no 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 but not just about the movie about this like fatal accident that happened on the set that was like so tragic but like preventable yeah very preventable and no one was really held accountable for it no one really Got punished for it. So how did director John Landis, a.k.a. Max Landis's dad, Scary. get away with the deaths of three people? Let's oh, God. get into it. So you've probably seen some of John Landis's movies. Prolific director. He did uh, Coming to America, The Blues Brothers, Three Amigos. He directed Thriller, the music video. Oh, wow, really? So no yeah. wonder people gave Max Landis a shot. Like, his dad is really talented. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Andy did the black or white Michael Jackson video. Like, amazing. Wow. Amazing. So, yeah, some of you may know him from his son, Max Landis. <laughs> Garbage human and, like, sexual predator. Yeah, he made a movie called Chronicle in 2012 that was, I guess, popular. I didn't see it. I don't Chronicle know. Chronicle wasn't bad, Um 
but right. he's he's a bad guy. He's a bad in the words of Billie Eilish. He's a bad guy. <laughs> he's a bad guy. <laughs> so with with him, so back in 2017, some stuff started showing up on Instagram and Twitter about like how terrible he was. And then in 2019, like this whole article came out in the Daily Beast from eight women who accused him of like emotional abuse. One woman yeah. said he's a serial rapist, a gaslighter, physical and psychological abuser. She said that he would show her abuse and hum- humiliation porn in order to test oh, her God. boundaries, amongst other awful things. I met him in Oof. 20. Have you ever met him? I have not met him. Oh, I I I was like introduced to him in like yeah. in passing, but I've never like had a conversation with him. Like we were in the same place at the same time. Right. I met him at I was at a comic book convention in Las Vegas <laughs> against oh. my will. It was yeah, my sure. boyfriend at the time was <laughs> on the panel. Yeah. And so was Max. And oh, so God. I met him and he was so weird. He was so he was very weird when awkward. I met him too. Yeah. And like that night there was like a party and like he met a girl there and was like this very young girl who like he brought to like all the bars and they were just like making out and like it was Mm. so weird. It was uncomfortable. When I I remember when I met him too, he was very like uh, peacocking. Like he had rainbow hair and was dressed very flamboyantly. It was. Yeah. Yeah. I met him at a co- at a comedy thing or something. Uh, he wrote a <laughs> one of my ex boyfriend wrote a script with him after all this oh. stuff came out. Yes, 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 and like sent it to me, and I was like, it was like written by blah 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 and Max Landis. I'm like, you're you working with him after all this stuff came out? He's like, yeah, well, he sells a lot of scripts and whatever. I was like, are you kidding me? I was like, okay, yeah, good I, luck. I, it's it's the the friend we have in common, right? You know who I'm talking about. Yes, because yeah. I, I remember he told me that too, and I was like, "Isn't was like, he oh, not?" Yeah. Uh, okay, it was like 27, 16 or something. Yeah, it's like when like, opportunists collide. Yikes! Yikes! Yeah. No, I didn't no, read the script. I didn't read the script. I was like, "No, no neither did I." Yeah. Anyway, so. One of the worst movie set accidents ever occurred during Oof. the filming of Twilight Zone, the movie. Yikes. And now the film is just mostly remembered for the tragic behind-the-scenes stuff that happened. Yeah. So this was produced by Steven Spielberg of... I, did, I didn't know that. Jurassic Park fame. <laughs> Jurassic Park, yeah. He <laughs> might know a little ditty called Jurassic Park. Uh, so he was a producer... And he, there's the movie was made up of four stories, four different stories. Mm. John Landis, he was given the story called Time Out. And in this segment, a man tries to make up for past sins by becoming a hero. Mm. Um, and then I think Steven Spielberg directed one of the segments. So the Twilight scene, the 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 scene in this movie, it was supposed to depict. Vic Morrow, who was like big actor at the time, he was saving two Vietnamese children from an attacker in a helicopter. So the story was Vic Morrow. He played this like super racist guy. The story is like him at a bar. He's complaining to his friends about this like Jewish man that took his job, but he's saying it in worse. <laughs> that's, in- <laughs> that's what we do. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> and you're talking about like this Asian family, the black people, but saying that, saying the slurs. Yeah. Oh God. And I was like, oh geez. I was like, I forgot people were just saying that shit on TV. Back yeah. Then. But then he leaves the bar and he like gets thrown into like World War Two, where he's treated as like a Jewish person, and then he gets thrown into um vietnam he got he got like scrooge yeah like he got scrooge he He got scrooge (laughs) and so one of the scenes is where he's in vietnam in the war there were two children in the scene with him they were hired after peter weighty chen who was an uncle of someone who worked on the film was approached by the colleague and who was like oh, I have a brother who has a six-year-old daughter. Like, it was just like, like, oh, do you you know two kids who will be in this? And the parents agreed to let them be in it. And then he called a seven, or he called a Vietnamese colleague who had a seven-year-old son named Micah. And like, Micah was like this outgoing kid. And they're like, okay, yeah, like he'll be interested in being in a movie. But this guy who hired them had no idea that they were going to be that close to a helicopter. He didn't know what the scene was. He had oh, no idea. Fuck. There was like explosions and helicopters. He was like, oh, fuck, I didn't realize that was the scene. So in the scene, Vic Morrow carried Renee Shinyi Chen, who was six, and Micah Din Lee, who was seven, through the Santa Clara River as like these explosions are going off all around them. And there's a helicopter flying like about 25 feet above them oh god when one of the explosions went off and it hit the helicopter and the helicopter just like engulfed in this like fireball and not intentional not intentional this is not what was supposed to happen and then the pilot lost control and then the helicopter like spun around and fell on the actors and it crushed one of the kids then it decapitated vic morrow and the other kid Oh, fuck. And, like, all this happened. Like, everyone, like, the 100-person crew and the parents, they all saw this happen. And Jesus there's... Christ. There's footage of this on YouTube. Oh, Like, the God. whole scene is up there. And I think, like, some... Martin remembers seeing it. He's like, I swear it was... They left it in the movie. But I don't think they did, because I was trying to find on Reddit. Because the movie now that I watched recently doesn't have that footage. They just cut the scene, like, at some other... Oh, interesting. But it's on YouTube. So I don't think they... It would seem crazy if they left that in the movie. Maybe they Mandela effect. But the whole scene is on YouTube where it shows like the helicopter coming around and like landing on them. It's fucking... Jesus Christ. What year was this? 1983, I believe. That's crazy because there were special effects then. Like you could have... There's yeah. safer ways to have conducted that Didn't scene, I'm sure. When it looked real. Yeah, it wasn't real enough when for the Twilight real. Zone movie. Yeah, the Twilight <laughs> Zone movie. What's crazy is that the line that Vic Morrow was supposed to say was right before the accident occurred was, I'll keep you safe, kids. I promise nothing will hurt you. I swear to God. So that's very dark. Very dark. Yikes. Yikes. So the associate producer, this guy named George told the children's parents not to tell any firefighters on set that the children were part of the scene and hid them from a fire safety officer who also worked with a welfare worker. Like, these kids were hidden because there was, like, uh, everyone was concerned. They were, it was illegal, like, illegal, illegally hiring children to work in this <laughs> environment. 
Oh, my God. So a fire safety officer was concerned that the blast would cause a crash, but he didn't tell John Landis. He was like, I don't know about this, but like he didn't say anything about it. He's like, I, they probably know what they're doing. Holy shit. So the location was in Indian Dunes, which is a movie ranch in Valencia, which is now Santa Clarita. And that's where they filmed a ton of movies in the 80s, like The Color Purple, Escape from New York, MacGyver, China Beach. And so the location was in this 30-mile zone, which had permits for pyrotechnic effects. So that's why they could shoot night scenes without city lights in the background. So it was zoned for, like... Interesting. And then the helicopter pilot, his name is Dorsey Wingo. All right, Fake name. He was hired. (laughs) Uh, to fly the helicopter, and he was an actual veteran who had flown during the Vietnam War, so like he knew what he was doing. But the Twilight Zone was the first time flying on camera, so he wasn't like a set flying helicopter. He would had only flown like this in the was war. Now. So he was probably like freaked out by all these explosions around him. Yeah, you think? Or he also probably got a little PTSD, right, to be that's honest. What I was thinking. Yeah. And like having like a director yelling at him over the radio, like, and you couldn't really hear it. It turned out the radio was like not working properly. Oh, God. And so the production was like already behind schedule. And John Landis was known to be like impatient and crazy. Like that was his Oof. reputation. That's fun. This pilot he didn't really say anything about like the dangerous situation because he's like well i want to i want this job and i want to work so no one was saying anything so during the filming he flew the helicopter 20 feet from the ground while just like kind of hovering near a large explosive but then he turned the helicopter 180 degrees to the left for the next camera shot but then this thing detonated while the helicopter's tail was still above it so it caused oh, the Jesus. rotor to fail and detach from the tail. And the oh, helicopter spun out of control. And then Vic Morrow dropped the children into the water. He was trying to grab one of the kids to get out of the way. And the helicopter just fell on both of them. Like, just instantly killed them. Ugh. Now, let's take a quick break for announcements. Webcrawlers has a Patreon. To get access to bonus episodes, shoutouts, merch discounts, and more, please go to patreon.com slash webcrawlers. You can donate as little as $2 a month to become one of our bimbo patrons. Also, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. If you give us a five-star review, we will shout you out. Also, we got written a letter. We were on Swedish national television. Yeah. So uh, it, shit, how do you say hello in... It's not Danka. That's German. Danka shame. Guten Tag. Guten Tag. Danka. No. Hello doing? in Swedish. It's probably something like... Hala. I don't know how to pronounce it, but hala. Hala. Uh, hala. <laughs> <laughs> so if you guys work for any news outlets, writers, freelancers, anything like that, feel free to include us on your feel list. Free. or it's free. You're you're allowed. We're letting we're telling you you're allowed. <laughs> also, Erios has a hotline. Insert jingle here. Six two six six zero four six two six two. Please continue to call. We love your voicemails and the community that it creates. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable. 
That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Now, back to our program. But then there's there they, they went to court. Good. So John Landis and a producer and then the film's production manager, the pilot, and the explosives specialists all appeared in criminal court to face involuntary manslaughter charges during a trial that lasted almost 10 months. Wow. And included 71 witnesses. Wow. And it also gave John Landis the negative distinction of becoming the first movie director to ever be charged with a death on set. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. But he refused to accept responsibility for the for the accident. He said, he's like, we planned everything carefully and he had no part in any of the events that occurred. Still to this day, he does not take responsibility for it. So the defense claimed that the explosions were detonated at the wrong time. So they're blaming it on the explosives guy. Interesting. So Randall Robinson, who was an assistant cameraman on the helicopter, he testified that the production manager told the pilot, that's too much, let's get out of here. When the explosives were detonated, like he was like, this is not, we got to bail. Can end well, yeah. But Jonathan Landis shouted over the radio, get lower, get lower. Well. <laughs> like trying to get, like, get lower to the ground. Uh, that's your fault, bud. Yeah. But then Robinson said the the pilot tried to leave the area, but the, like he got lost and then he lost control because it was so dark and there was just smoke yeah. everywhere. He said he regained control and then he could feel something let go and they began spinning around in circles and then another camera operator said that jonathan landis had shrugged off warnings about the stunt with the comment we may lose the helicopter like that was what he said so nonchalant oh my god yeah they said that like maybe john landis was joking when he made that remark 
But he also said, I learned not to take anything the man said as a joke. It was his attitude. He didn't have time for suggestions from anybody. Yeah, and even if it was a joke, that's a pretty callous joke from someone who's in charge and people take direction from him. So they admitted that they'd illegally hired the child actors and they went to trial for the deaths and they were never charged with breaking child labor laws. Why? That's insane. Yeah. So according to the child labor laws... Underage actors must have a work permit and are only allowed to work during certain hours. The helicopter scene, which killed them, was filmed at 2.30 a.m., which was, like, way past the window of which they were allowed to work. Past bedtime, yeah. Neither child had a work permit. Their employment was illegal. And then casting directors were never told the children would be working around explosives. You'd think that'd be the first thing (laughs) you'd say. Yeah, you think. And... The families of the children that died were paid under the table to compensate for their losses. So they just tried to pay them off. Pay them off, to be quiet. Despite the fact that John Landis openly admitted to employing the actors illegally, he was never charged, but he did have to pay a $5,000 fine and several settlements for lawsuits brought against him. So I don't know. It doesn't say how much he paid the families. I'm sure not a lot. Yeah. I'm sure he was very stingy. Yeah. And he said several other staff members were also responsible for a number of labor violations connected with other people involved in the accident. So, like, this whole production was just, like, illegal. <laughs> like, no one was paid. People were what was the studio hours. behind this? Like, you'd think the studio would be, like, monitoring this or something. I mean, oh, CBS. That was the TV show. MGM Studios, maybe? Interesting. MGM, yeah. Yeah, it was just, I mean, that was back in the 80s. That was when, like, film sets were, like... No rules. So then in May 1987, a jury found John Lannis and the four other people charged not guilty of involuntary manslaughter. What? Some people believe the prosecution was an error for not charging Landis with breaking child labor laws and instead trying him for their deaths. So they're like, they should have charged him with child labor that like, makes sense because i mean it is kind of hard to prove whose fault it was i guess yeah i don't know uh the company that made the helicopter and producer steven spielberg and the warner brothers studio also oh, was warner brothers they were all named in the oh. lawsuits as well huh uh then the director's guild of america the safety committee began publishing regular safety bulletins for its members established a telephone hotline to enable directors to get quick answers to safety questions. And then the guild also began to discipline its members for violations of its safety procedures on sets, which it had not done prior to the crash. So they just changed all these laws because of this crash. And SAG has a 24-hour hotline for uh, and a safety team for its members to like anonymously call and report like if bad shit's going on on sets. But, I mean, good. to this day, I think it's still, if you look at what happened with, oh, yeah. um, what was that movie, Rust? Oh, yeah. Alec the Baldwin. Alec, the Alec Baldwin movie. I mean, I think Ooh. that there's still unsafe conditions. Yeah, like using for workers. Gun, using real guns on set seems crazy. Yeah, I think a lot of these rules are overlooked for the sake of, creating the movie and then people really get hurt yeah but the filming accidents fell by 69 percent between 1982 and 1986 
good. Although there were still six deaths on set. I was looking up how many deaths on set. I think there's around like 40. A year? No, no, no. Like total. Oh, good. I was like, that 40 like a year a would be a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, John Landis, he still worked for a while after this accident. He did Jesus. the thriller video after this. God. Three Amigos, Coming to America, Beverly Hills Cop 3 in 1994. The 2000s, he directed a couple TV shows, but he hasn't done anything since then. Yeah, after people became like politically They're correct like, and thought murder wasn't okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he's 71. So, like, he could still be working, but yeah, I think after like the 90s, they're like, wait a minute, we don't yeah, need it's to. actually what not okay to doing? do that. Oh, God. And then when the trial ended, he didn't do many interviews and he just tried to like stay out of the public's eye. And then he would never talk about the incident. However, in what he has said, it's obvious that he believes himself to be completely innocent. He pled not guilty in court and he said, I know in my head and I know in my heart that we did not cause the accident. And he's also stated during interviews, what people tend to forget in all this is the helicopter crash less than a foot from where I stood. It's not like I was removed from this somehow. What an insane thing to say. He's He's like, I could have died. (laughs) This is all about him. Oh, God. Men truly fail upward. It's insane. (laughs) Like you kill people on set and then you direct thriller. Yeah, and then you just get more jobs. Cool. (laughs) Yeah. for you. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, Steven Spielberg was executive producer. Since John Landis' segment was the first to be filmed, Spielberg considered stopping production on the entire movie. Yeah. But then ultimately decided to finish the project, but was not happy how John Landis handled the tragedy. He was upset that he refused to take any responsibility, and he cut all ties and contact between them. Well, that's good. Yeah. He said, Spielberg said, no movie is worth dying for. I think people are standing up much more now than ever before to producers and directors who ask too much. If something isn't safe, it's the right and responsibility of every actor or crew member to yell cut. So good. Good for you, Spielberg. That's a wrap. Yeah. I mean, I think maybe he could have stopped the movie, but I understand there's probably there's probably things in motion bigger than him uh, to do that. So he seems to have taken the right attitude about it. Crazy that they felt like they still kept that segment in, not the crash, but like it's the first part of the movie. It's the first. (laughs) I can't even um, imagine. And I feel so horrible for the parents of those kids who did not know what they were getting into. Yeah, They had no idea. They're like, Oh great. Yeah. Our kids will be in a movie. Okay, cool. Yeah. Like a fun cameo. And then that happens like, that's so devastating. So because of the tragedy, this the Warner Brothers vice president, John Sylvia, he created a committee that would specifically monitor safety concerns during film productions. Um, they had rules and standards for like pyrotechnics and aircraft stunts. Mm. And then the injury and illness prevention program was formed for all the Hollywood studios. So at least they like changed the rules. And now there's risk managers. Yeah have to check out every location to see if there's like potential problems and even read through scripts to catch issues before filming begins. That's good. And they can't be fired by producers or directors. Oh, good. They can't be like, no, fuck you. <laughs> Don't tell us what to do. Yeah. So that helps them to feel less imitate or in, 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 intimidated. <laughs> intimidated. 
to speak up. That's smart. That's yeah. a good. That's a good thing to include in because otherwise, I'm sure a lot of people wouldn't want to speak up because they might lose their job. Yeah, exactly. So John Lannis, he was in his early 30s and like in high demand while he was doing this. However, some people that have worked with him, they called him arrogant, said that he could be extremely reckless and stubborn and when he wanted something filmed a certain way. And then one story claims that he told crew members to climb 30 feet of scaffolding and be blown around by helicopter rotors to fix the lighting while filming Twilight Zone. And then when they questioned this, Landis allegedly called them chicken shit. (laughs) He wanted them to like climb up this thing and like have a helicopter spinning around. Like, what are you doing? Jesus Christ. You psycho. What are you doing? But yeah, so it was still released in theaters and they only had to cut out that one scene because it was four different segments. But yeah, Dan Aykroyd was in it. Albert Brooks was in it. John Lithgow was in it. Uh, Yeah. But then it got bad reviews and it made way less money. First of all, because it's just not that good. Movie. Yeah. But also, who's going to give a movie where people died like a good, like, it's, you know, I'll give it a B plus. <laughs> no. Yeah, this is this is not it's a not work of high it. art. Yeah. And then Jonathan Landis said in a 1996 interview, there was absolutely no good aspect about this whole story. The tragedy, which I think about every day, had an enormous impact on my career from which I may possibly never recover. Everything he says about this is about him or his career. He's like Erica Jane. But yes. also, Noah didn't. He did great after yeah. this. He only continued to succeed. Yeah. For like the and next his decade. Spawn. Yeah. It's, and his spawn. Yeah. His spawn. <laughs> yeah. This, this had no negative effect on him. And then I was, when I was reading like what he's up to today, I saw that in 2009, he signed a petition in support of director Roman Polanski. <laughs> yeah, good guy this guy is. He's good head on his shoulders. Who had been detained while traveling to a film festival in 1997 because of the sexual abuse charges. The petition argued that it would undermine the tradition of film festivals as a place for works to be shown freely and safely and that arresting filmmakers traveling to neutral countries could open the door for actions of which no one can know the effects. He's like, we're filmmakers. We should be able to murder and rape. Yeah, artists should be able to murder and rape and then go to can. I don't know what you're talking about. Wow, what a fucking jerk. What a, yeah, what a horrible story. That whole Horrible man and horrible movie. Yeah, horrible movie, horrible dude, horrible story doing no justice to a fantastic TV show. And then they made a new Twilight Zone. Yeah, with Jake, my king, Jacob Tremblay. And it was so bad. I didn't watch it. I just, I read the reviews and I was like, I don't. I watched a few episodes. It was produced by Jordan Peele, but he did not write or direct it. Right. That's what I thought. I thought he was, was yeah, like, oh, fuck, it's going to be his writing and directing, but it's not. So it's it not. Like, he just rah, produced rah, rah. it. I thought he was going to write or direct it too. And I was like, this is going to be good. And then yeah. he, he did it. He didn't really have a hand in it. You could tell. He, you could tell he's just like a fan of Twilight Zone right. and wanted to, wanted to contribute some money to the reboot. And it was just so bad and so stupid. I refuse to watch it. I'm a Twilight I, Zone purist. You're a purist, just as one should be. One. Like, they're still yeah. like relevant and like, they're great. It's the original Black Mirror. It's everything Black Mirror was built upon. 
If you guys have a favorite episode yes. or or a Twilight Zone there's idea. There's a gremlin. Um, there's a man on the wing. There's a gremlin. There's a man on the wing. Um, please let us know, Melissa. Where can people reach us? You can email us at webcrawlerspod at gmail.com. Well, I am Allie. I think the Landis family might be bad, Seagull. And I am Melissa. Watch the Twilight Zone. It's the best show ever. Stetton. There we go. go. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone.